coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss Iowa caucus app struggles beyond a shadow of a doubt. We're joined by Irfan Asrar, head of cyber threat intel and operations at Blue Hexagon. Next up, my neighbor Petardo. And finally, our ninth round of Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 37, recorded on February 10th, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, a bundle of pun labelle. With me, co-host Chad, not unlike the Chads that caused problems in the 2000 Florida elections, <laughs> Anderson. And last but not least, I'm so excited to have Irfan Ezrar back on the podcast. He's the head of cyber threat intelligence and operations at Blue Hexagon, and he is Hexa here to join us. <laughs> and I am discovered it's really hard to come up with geometric puns. I'm going to be honest. I was I could have done better. I feel like I should have done better for you with all the knowledge you're going to bring us today. Well, thank you, Kelsey. Happy to be here. And hey, Chad, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, I, I would say Kelsey's a bit of a square and that's sort of <laughs> uh, we'll circle back to that later. Oh, all right. Well, let's save everybody this pain and get into Iowa caucus app struggles beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so results from Monday's Iowa caucus were delayed. And this is last Monday because of problems with the smartphone app used to tabulate and report results, causing chaos and frustration among campaigns and voters. So a reported coding issue caused the app to only report partial data. Blue Hexagon has done some really cool research. They obtained a copy of the app. And uh, this app is created by a company called Shadow Inc., hence the really bad pun for the title. And so, Irfan, first of all, again, we're so excited to have you on today. And, and thank we want to get, uh, yeah, you're well, thank you. And we want to get into the research on this app. So, perhaps a good place to start is with a quick summary of the Shadow app. The Shadow app. Now, that's a good way to phrase it. You know, it, you know it, it, this whole story begins on the 3rd of February when the actual caucus was conducted. And, you know, the results were expected later that evening. And as you know, um, as the way things unfolded, come February 4th, there's still no results. And you've got basically the entire world's attention on Iowa. And you've got all these political pundits basically reporting back zeros everywhere. Then, you know, then everything just Nothing. There's just no reports, nothing. So people start asking the question, what's going on? What's going on? And eventually, news surfaces about the app. And, um, you know, this is somewhere on the eve of the uh, 4th. Um, and at the same time, all these reports started emerging on Twitter um, and social media from the Iowa precinct leaders, if I'm not mistaken, that was a term used for them, who were the people who were in charge of basically, you know, co you know uh, collecting the information and reporting it back um, from them, from their social media accounts about this app and all the problems that were uh, encountered in the usage of the app. Um, and, you know, I, I think Stephen Colbert put it best, uh, you know, he, he, he tried to basically say that um, a lot of the volunteers um, on the Tonight Show, you've seen a lot of the volunteers in Iowa, the elderly volunteers were having trouble installing the app on their garage door openers. Uh, and, and essentially what he's alluding to the fact was there was no training provided, there was no instructions. Uh, the app was actually distributed uh, to be installed on their personal devices. And, um, you know, as, as far as the, uh, the testing of the app across, you know, Android's a fragmented operating system, you know, across, you know, it, it was, it was available for Android and iOS. Um, just, just trying to get anything run on all Android devices out there is just next to impossible. 
Um, and you, you give a situation where you, you're asking somebody to sideload an app with very little training or instruction, you, you're, you're expecting trouble. Um, and, you know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all of these backgrounds just created the perfect storm. Um, so what ended up happening was the app was having issues um, in, in terms of installation. Um, also, additional, as, as you know, they've officially come out and said that they had a, quote, a coding issue, uh, unquote. And then on top of that, the other issue that we encountered, um, you know, we, after we started talking to uh, people who were on the ground over there, um, as well as people who reached out to us uh, for additional information and people who we reached out to looking for confirmation, uh, was that they also encountered issues with, um, you know, rural infrastructure. Um, you know, I was, you know, to a lot, I think there were about 1,700 or under 1,700 precincts that were out there um, where the app was distributed. Um, not every precinct had the same kind of infrastructure you'd expect in an urban setting. So there was issues related to people not having the signal strength to transmit stuff back in, and the app was not um, coded or it was having trouble um, error handling. Uh, so there was all these issues regarding authentication. It, it was just a, a complete set of um, things coinciding and unfortunately resulting in the situation that it did. Wow. And I also wanted to point out, it's wonderful that you mentioned Stephen Colbert because he had a fantastic tweet that came out um, on the 4th, which is, has somebody tried turning Iowa off and turning it back on again? <laughs> and that just killed me. That was great. Irfan, I wanted to ask you something. You mentioned, did, did you say that the app had to be sideloaded? It wasn't available on the Play Store? It wasn't. You know, and that this was, I think, um, uh, you know, I, I'd love to get some feedback from Shadow Incorporated strategy on this thing, but it wasn't. As far as we can tell, the app was never made available in the Google Play Store. Uh, you know, we actually even reached out to some uh, people on the Google Play security team for confirmation, and then they, they couldn't say anything officially. Um, but as far as we can tell, this app was never made available there. Wow. Now, the iOS story, the, that may be a different story. We, we never actually looked into that. We, we just focused on the Android version, which was, uh, which is where our, our um, interactions with this whole story began. You know, we, we obtained a copy um, on February 4th. Um, and just the, the nature in which the app came into our collection, you know, we, we, we've got collections all over the place. We've got sensors all over the place, just like typical security, cybersecurity companies. You know, we've got sensors everywhere and stuff. And we started, um, you know, hitting on a whole bunch of signatures and rules where this app was being flagged by our AI uh, technology. And it said like, hey, there's a whole bunch of things in here that makes this app very suspicious. It's not coded too well, um, you know, in terms of security. There's a bunch of strings in here that allude to political terms like Iowa, Democratic Party and stuff like this. We took a closer look at this and, you know, we, we just couldn't believe that this actually was the official app. And, and there were strings in there that said Shadow Incorporated. That, that raised even more alarm bells. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and we, we thought, no, there's no way, there is no way. Um, and then eventually later in the evening on the 4th, um, I think about 3 p.m., um, maybe about two hours later, we, we realized that this app was eventually uploaded to Virus Um So based on our um, analysis, you know, we, we believe that there was about two to three different variants um, out in the wild out there, one of which was um, provided by Vice.com. The other one we had acquired as a result of a contribution from somebody in Iowa, an anonymous contributor. And then the third one came from Virus Total. Um, and, you know, based on the analysis of all three variants, they're, they're almost identical, just uh, minor differences in that resulting in the hash being different. But all of them basically attributed the code to a developer called Shadow Incorporated. Um, and, you know, when we got the app 
on the fourth. You know, when we saw that the developer uh, signature was Shadow Incorporated, we, we weren't sure if this is real or this is fake. Our, our first guess was somebody's, um, you know, trying to basically, um, you know, trying to pass off a fake app out there. And that's that's where we initially started off the uh, investigation. And then we realized, uh, no, wait, Shadow Incorporated is actually a legitimate company. They actually do um, you know, f- focus on uh, providing technology-related services uh, in the political arena. And then, uh, you know, we, we identified and confirmed um, the, the individual who had signed the app. It was um, a gentleman called uh, Jimmy Hickey, and which is also the name that was used and called out by Vice, uh, the reporter on Vice.com, who had said the, um, you know, in, in the information that they had provided that the, uh, the developer name that was used or the developer email address was uh, Jimmy at uh, Shadow Incorporated. So all of these things basically confirmed the fact that, hey, this definitely is uh, the app from there. And, you know, we, we started an investigation. What we realized immediately, um, you know, once we started reversing the code was uh, there's definitely a lot of signs that indicated um, this was probably rushed or the queuing effort could be a little bit better. And then that's putting it mildly. Um, you know, we, we, we kind of gave them the benefit of the doubt. We, we realized that, hey, there are a lot of URLs here were just um, – HTTP, not even HTTPS. Um, you know, we, we realized that if somebody had a pineapple device that was in close proximity, they could actually grab the credentials um, of people trying to authenticate um, and, uh, you know, log into the app. Uh, we started looking at some of the URLs in there. There was, there was somebody's personal website in there, a couple of email addresses, a couple of IP addresses that didn't seem to go anywhere. Um, so, you know, it, it just kind of came across as definitely um, something that was not vetted properly. Oh, that is concerning. And I find, yeah. you know, that branding choice to be a bit of a mistake for a political <laughs> app. <laughs> I don't exactly. know who approved that. Um, yeah, wow. my uh, group Anarchy Incorporated has been uh, proposing, <laughs> trying to hit up a lot of the legislatures to get some government contracts. <laughs> Are you the one that's been sending me those emails? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they, thank you for that wonderful download, uh, no pun intended there. And I'm curious, too, from what you found, and we included a link actually to the, we'll include a link to the blog um, to Virus Total, where you can download that app itself. And I know that you all right. were running it in a sandbox on a virtual Android phone. Yes. And I'm curious yes. if you can walk us through the video that you've been speaking to when you've been doing some, uh, having some conversations with folks like, uh, like in CNET, which is also linked in this blog post. Right. No, you know, I think the the journals you spoke to were there, Dan Peterson, uh, you know, um, I think uh, my second favorite journalist right after you, uh, you know, we, we, yeah, we, we started talking about, um, you know, and he, I think he had a perfect term for this, which is, uh, you know, somebody was beta testing democracy that day. And, and that's literally the best <laughs> way to sum up the situation. Uh, you know, what, what the video was um, actually doing was two things. You know, we, we wanted to call it the fact that, hey, um, we're, we're not leaking the app for the first time that this was available on a you know, um, on a site that's known across the industry globally, um, you know, and the fact that this app not only is, uh, you know, with little or no effort, you know, that came into our collection also now is the collection of every security company around the globe, not just us, but countries that we consider to be hostile. Um, and, you know, the, so the question and concern that we were trying to raise there was the fact that, you know, we're looking at this app to bring awareness and, um, you know, raise some concern about cybersecurity. Um, in the caucus, um, the other concern that we had was who else is looking at the code? Um, and, you know, what are their intentions? 
So that, those are the two main concerns that we wanted to call in. As you can see, some of the strings that we, you know, calling out there. But we we didn't actually disclose one thing, which was, uh, you know, now it's I, I believe it's probably okay to do that because the app is not defunct. Nobody's actually running anything or anything associated with the infrastructure, which is we realized immediately. And you can see that little Easter egg in the video, which is we're calling it a couple of HTTP URLs. There was no HTTPS, um, which was the fact that we realized immediately anybody with, um, uh, you know, somebody who's doing a man in the middle attack or um, has a basic pineapple device could actually, um, you know, intercept the communications uh, when the app is initially being launched um, and grab the login credentials. And as you can see, the, the other thing we were trying to do was basically call the fact that this app really did no testing uh, to see if the device it was running on was a sandbox or um, was jailbroken in any capacity. So you, you could basically run this across, uh, you know, hundreds of um, virtual devices that try to even DDoS the systems involved. So it, it basically, you know, a whole bunch of uh, scenarios that would immediately pop up was where we wanted to raise up concerns. Wow. Yeah, those are pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty big concerns. Yeah. And I know you've detailed really well exactly in a lot of ways how this app failed. So I'm curious, as I was literally the starting off point here, what should other states be doing moving forward? You know what, I, I think first and foremost, oh, well, actually, full disclosure, um, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm a Canadian, uh, so I, I don't have an axe to grind <laughs> against anybody here. Um, uh, just just bad cybersecurity practice. That, that's that's my biggest uh, you know, the thing I have issue with. Um, so I, I think the most important thing here, um, you know, for anybody involved in this space, uh, any candidate, any, you know, the next caucus going forward, or anybody trying to basically collect information related to this whole, um, you know, the, the upcoming elections, uh, you know, please get as much as independent scrutiny as you can. Um, you know, don't limit yourself to just one cybersecurity consultant or two. Get everybody's feedback. Um, you know, and if you can, you know, in this particular case, what happened was the, the DHS, the Home, Department of Homeland Security, they actually came forward and they offered their services. Um, you know, so, I, you know, if you've got a government agency like that coming up forward and, you know, there are other cybersecurity services and independent consultants right now offering their services for free, um, including us. You know, our company was also meeting the people out there saying that, hey, if you have any concerns or if you feel that you're being targeted, we'd be more than happy to, you know, investigate it, spend some time and, you know, confirm it or dismiss the fact that there's a, a, you know, a motive behind the emails that you've been getting or if there's a pattern behind the phishing campaigns or et cetera. So please get uh, seek help out there. Uh, figure out what your um, attack surface is, create a threat model, and then proceed forward. Absolutely. Well said. And yeah, I'd completely echo that. This this detailed look at the app itself is in no way a commentary either way from a political perspective, but just right. the reality that we're in of voting in 2020, right? And there are so many different vectors in which um, people can uh, sway opinions, Absolutely. et cetera. So we just have to be more more careful than ever. And like you said, put our leave our ego at the door and ask for help because this is a really complicated issue. So that's really kind that you're all offering that up. And I really do hope that organizations take you all up on that. Um, and at this point, I think it's probably healthy to talk about the hoodie rating here. And just as a quick reminder for folks tuning in for the first time, the hoodie rating is really on a scale of zero to 10. Um, you can get as creative as you like with that. I know Chad likes to think and ask deep questions like, is a hoodie a hoodie without the hoodie when he's thinking about his fractions? But really, <laughs> it's from a scale of zero to 10. You know, 10 being uh, we're in some deep inter-expletive here, and then zero is just maybe it's something uh, entertaining to share 
around the office and and giggle at or it's not necessarily going to have a big impact. So I'll start with Chad and ask from a scale of zero to 10 hoodies, what would you rate this? What would you rate this at? Um, you know, as far as the uh, the app goes, I wouldn't be particularly concerned about it in like a in a corporate sense since it does apply to just a single thing. But however, this what raises it to a, a high hoodie rating for me is this thing we've talked about before with the erosion of user trust um, right. in the security industry, and there's just so much. Um, breach fatigue happening. And when that comes into the democratic process and that erosion of citizen trust, I guess you could say is what it is. And yeah. uh, that's a huge, huge problem. Um, and we need people to be able to trust our um, processes. And, and people need to, like, you know, like we said, they need to be reaching out and asking for help when they develop these apps and have them Absolutely. independently reviewed. And there's people who will do that um, for for free. I know I would take a look for free um, right. if someone right. asked me. So, you know, because I, I want to see uh, these processes be secure. So I, I would put it up there a little bit higher as like, you know, the it's one of those um, – uh, it's one of those cheaper hoodies that you get at conferences where the shirt's a little short, you know, it's like, but it's still a full hoodie. It's like an eight out of 10. Have you, you ever know? considered that you have long arms? What do you, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> You're a tall guy, right? It's yeah, proportionate. It's, right? it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Irfan? What do you think? No, I, I I couldn't agree more with Chad. I mean, I, I think, you know, you know, I was, I was again talking to other political, um, pundits about this again they were saying the same thing you know the sad part was that the the if you if you guys have ever seen the american idol show live or on tv you know you can see that they're also using app the sad part is their app was more secure than the app was oh. in iowa uh, and, and so definitely uh, same same uh wavelength with chat yeah. why not use a google form why not use it <laughs> 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 oh my gosh that's very sad yeah yeah oh Man, well, Irfan, again, thank you so much for your in-depth look at that app. And so My we're gonna, oh, it was fantastic. That was wonderful. And I definitely recommend that folks go click on that CNET article, take a look at what Blue Hexagon is doing, um, and keep an eye on their research here. And as well as Chad's interesting research, he actually did on Sea Turtle. I'm going to put a plug in for that. So if you have time to read an in-depth research report, check that out. Um you did a fantastic, fantastic job, Chad. Yeah. Yes, you're welcome. And my goal today was to make Chad uncomfortable at least once, and I think I've just attained <laughs> that. Um, all right, so let's get into my name or Petardo, and I'm going to make Chad explain that joke because he deserves credit for it. So the Gamera Dawn Advanced Persistent Threat, or APT group, has been supercharging its operations lately. So uh, it's been improving its tool set and ramping up attacks on Ukrainian national security targets before we go anywhere, please explain this pun, Chad. Um, yeah, I was thinking, you know, uh, Studio Ghibli announced this week that they're going to make a Studio Ghibli uh, theme park. And it made me think of my neighbor Totoro. They're like a film from the 80s. And, uh, you know, it, it just kind of fit with my neighbor Terado. It's that. It's a little too deep. I'm trying to decide if I should let you sit in the pun like you do to me. Oh, yeah, like we're really just steeps. Really, just uh, steep in the pun. Yeah. But that was a good one, and it's very cute. You showed me it last time, so I, I do recommend checking that out. All right, but anyway, so for starters, can you give us a brief history lesson on this APT group? Yeah, they. Uh, so they. I, I seem to be 
uh, known for these rundowns now, so we'll just jump right into it. But, You're uh, an AP Tutor- <laughs> AP historian. I'm trying yeah. to put those two words together. It's not um, happening. So, <laughs> yeah, so they they've been around since about 2014, I believe is what it is. Um, but the Gamma Radon Group is a group they target Ukraine almost exclusively, um, or well, exclusively so far from what I've seen. Um, they've been known to go after military and security targets. So a lot of people believe um, that they are a, a Russian-backed group, and b that they're um, relatively new in their work and they're gaining some maturity over time um, by kind of using uh, Ukraine as a cyber playground, which is what a lot of Russian groups um, have been known for. So uh, they first popped onto my radar, really, though, when I saw some research on a Linux dex- desktop malware from them back in 2019 um, that Indizer did. Uh, Linux desktop malware is the rarest of all breeds of malware, since uh, less than <laughs> 1% of desktop users are on Linux. Um, and even that is such a disparate system that it seemed like such a weird subset to go after. Uh, so I assume it has to be some specific target that they know uh, we're using the GNOME uh, desktop environment. Uh, that, uh, that 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 malware specifically targeted. So, um, anyways, uh, up until that point, they had been using mostly off-the-shelf tools, um, and now and they're making more and more custom pieces of malware that are uh, being attributed to them. And um, that jump in maturity is always interesting to me because that um, you know that means that they're kind of developing as an organization. The way that you stated that with. Um desktop users on Linux, I can't help but think about those old t-shirts that's like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, this is your brain, this is your brain on Linux, and then I can't help but think that you would own that shirt, Chad. Um, I probably did at some point in my uh, in my young nerdy life. I've shopped a lot at ThinkGeek when, uh, in, in junior high, so... That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to check that out later as well. Is it are those still guys up? still around? Yeah. I, I, I believe that they are. I actually, um, I found a photo of me wearing a um, a Pearl Monkey shirt and another photo of me wearing a Code Poet shirt of, <gasps> of that in, uh, in high school. Oh, wow. So I burned both of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking it would be really fun to unleash a contest on our listeners to go try to find those pictures and get them a free hoodie, but it sounds like they only have... The hard copies, if you will. Copies. Physical yes. copies. The negatives have also disappeared. All, all is disappeared. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, based on all of your uh, photography excellence, I imagine that you really know how to get rid of a photo. Yeah. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so fast forward to present day, Chad, and we're seeing an uptick in cyber attacks on Ukrainian military and security institutions. So what are some of these more recent campaigns that these folks have been up to? Uh, so Sentinel Labs are the folks who have reported on this research uh, that I found uh, interesting and uh, why I chose this article this week. But um, the uh, big one that they're going after is Ukraine's Ground Forces Academy, um, where they initially saw this. And then they're seeing this pop up. Uh, you know, the Terrado malware is just basically a spyware, credential thieving, that kind of thing. Uh, they're seeing it across a ton of different Ukrainian targets. Yes, and big shout out to Centennial Labs there. And they also highlighted the evolution of the toolkit, which is a modified version of Batardo malware. So what are some key components of that malware itself? Um, so, yeah, the improvements are a little bit of fun. Um, it's self-extracting zip archive, drops some .NET magic macros, um, and then exfiltrates data through, um, and this is where I get interested, through a set of Nginx forders um, that are pointed at by dynamic DNS providers. Um, so a lot of what I do is looking, um, you know, in my day-to-day research is looking at infrastructure for these things. Um, so 
you know, for those that don't know what dynamic DNS is, it's these free services that let you beacon out from a host and it changes the DNS record as um, it moves between IPs so that you can follow that with a single host name. Um, it could, it would seem like that would be hard to follow, but um, you know, in passive DNS, which is a data set I love and is included in our Iris product, I uh, use a lot in my day-to-day -day work, like my sea turtle research, which we mentioned earlier. Yes. Um, but um, anyways, it's easy to follow in that data set, um, and it's you know, it's easy to kind of track. So um, it's that's where I get excited is looking after those things and being like, oh, you thought you were clever. <laughs> Do you say it in that voice at your desk? Mm, yes. I usually I'm just swearing at my computer at my desk, actually. I'm just frustrated because the code I wrote does not work um, on the 10th and 30th run. <laughs> oh, there's a really cliche statement that we pass around the office all the time, which is borrow an IP, buy a domain. And that's for that exact same reason. Yeah, pushing around the infrastructure like that. So that's a, that's really interesting to keep an eye on. So um, thank you for getting into what that dynamic DNS looks like and really how impactful are these recent campaigns from your right. research, Chad? Um, I, always impactful. You know, I, I find any of the attacks that happen in either like the Baltics or Ukraine um, from what looked like Russian interest groups to be interesting just because that's their that's their playground. You know, that's where they test a lot of things that they do later. And um, I think if this is truly like people believe in the uh, security realm, that's a group maturing that's like outside of the regular Russian backed groups, then that's really interesting. You know, like where what where do they uh, where are they coming from? What agency are they part of? You know, <laughs> and especially yeah. maturing into custom malware is you know, keep an eye on it. I don't know. Are you sure you're not Russian to conclusions? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Chad sees the stupid look that occurs on my face when I think of a pun, and he just has to sit there and know it's going to happen. Yeah. It's just running right into it every time. You're a hero, Chad. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Irfan, then I'd love to pick your brain and hear what you think in terms of hoodie rating and really how concerned folks should be about this campaign. No, absolutely. Definitely a very high hoodie rating. I mean, what, what's happening in Ukraine is definitely um, it's something we should be concerned about all over the world. You know, as, as Chad alluded to, um, you know, that part of the world is now being used as a testing ground or um, a place of, um, you know, like a, a live POV sites for wannabe hackers, as well as people attempting to get their feet wet into the whole APT game. And, you know, what better place to, to target um, you know, government agencies and individuals without any repercussions, because there, there are no extradition treaties between uh, Russia and the Ukraine, given the, the situation they're um, facing right now. So it is definitely something concerning. And, you know, it, it, it's it's not hard to imagine um, an APT group who has kind of developed their skills, developed their, you know, TTPs and um, kind of basically, um, you know, built up their um, arsenal of tools and then deciding to pivot and going after other people in different parts of the world. So definitely giving a really high hoodie rating, about 9 or 10. Well said. What do you think, Chad? I would go up there as well. You know, I think it's it's just one of those things to pay attention to. Um, you know, they might be targeting just Ukraine now, so you don't have to worry if you're a, a local company. But uh, you never know when that, um, you know, when the targets are going to shift there. So um, definitely a high one. Yeah. Well, I want to thank both of you for your in-depth looks at both the, the Iowa Caucus app there with Shadow and... Um, digging into this wonderful APT group and um, making Chad explain his pun. But let's <laughs> let's have some fun here. And Chad was very much put on the spot for this, but we're going to play our next round of Two Truths and a Lie. 
and a quick review of what this game is. It's, as you would imagine, um, associated with the original game, Two Truths and a Lie, <laughs> but Chad is going to read us three different articles, two of which are true, and the third, or one of them, I should say, is a lie. But have I done this to get in your head? Will it be the third one that's a lie now? <laughs> Time will tell. Hmm. So Irfan and I are going to guess. So Chad, if you wouldn't mind doing us the pleasure of reading these three article titles. All right. So uh, number one is um, malware named Lemon Duck targets Windows-based IoT devices. What the duck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, malware-laden Word documents being pushed using phishing domains based around Democratic candidates. Hmm. Ooh, interesting. UN compromised via SharePoint hack. Ooh. These are good, Chad. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. Dang it. Ugh. I, I try to always go for, like, it's it's basically the security world is uh, is ridiculous, <laughs> and these things keep happening. Well. So go for the go for the repeat winners. It's always the, the SharePoints and the Word documents. And the He's fishing. trying to get in our head. He's doing this to us. We must defeat him. <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to decide if he's trying to bait us with the I, you know, that, that's, that's what I'm wondering, too. I mean, that, that is definitely a possibility, right? You got to hmm. take it into consideration. Yeah, he's a very mischievous man, so he's very oh. apt to do something like that. Yeah. But he's hmm. also kind of smiley right now, which makes me think that I thought that and he knew that I would think that and now he's <laughs> the truth. Wow. Hmm. 4D chess. <laughs> and, and this isn't like a like a fake out or something. Like our, there's there's no possibility all three of them could be true or you know or, or, or two could be wrong or something like that. The nice thing about these is they'll all be true at some point or another. <laughs> <laughs> the Always the optimist, Chad. Always the optimist. <laughs> His blood type is not B positive. That's true. There we are. Oh, you're welcome, Chad. I'm doing that to you because you're doing this to us. Okay. All right, Irfan, I'm going to give you the option to choose first or second. If you choose um, first or second. You, you mean if it's true? Um, I, I, I think the I, I have a strong feeling. You know, I've just run into this 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 week has been just a bizarre set of names um, <laughs> when it comes to malware. Um, and you know, having spent ten years in Japan, I've, I've come up with some really bizarre names myself for malware family. So I, I think Lemon Duck has got to be real. I mean, it's so bad it has to be real. Okay. Hmm. Which one do you think is a lie, your fan? Um, you know what? I, I think the the one associated with the uh, Democratic candidates. I have a feeling we would have heard about that by now, considering the fact that so many people are so closely following what's happening in the U.S. Um, and everybody's eyes are just focused. I have a feeling that may there is a possibility, unless it's just breaking news that just happened within the last couple of hours. I have a feeling we would have caught on by now to a campaign such as that. I think you're right. And typically, I would try to guess another one to to expand our... Oh, Chad's face is really concerning me. I don't know what kind uh -oh. of pleased he is. You know oh, what? No. I'm going to go all in with you, Irfan. I'm going to say <laughs> number two is the lie. So I think I'm going to do a little drum roll here and then 
We'll figure out what Chad's little smirk is about. I'm concerned. <laughs> All right. All right, go ahead. You're right. Yes! <laughs> Thank you for your support, Chad. You look so happy that we were right. That was wonderful. I mean, How I, warm. I think I still have the most points in this game for the year. I think you <laughs> might. And, and he's got a point. You know, I, I think if we just wait long enough, that second one will become true. It, it will come to fruition at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been monitoring all of the, uh, the candidate names, and there are at least 40 domains registered for fishing purposes. Oh, <laughs> oh fun. <laughs> uh, just, it'll happen eventually. I got to where I was like, I just can't keep up with this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ah, well, thank you both so much for your time today. It was so wonderful to have you on here, Fan. And like oh. I said, check out his work. Check out Blue Hexagon. Um, check out Chad's PDNS blog on Sea Turtle. And uh, yeah, your friend would love to have you back on the podcast another thank time. Thank you. You're My pleasure. Guest. Love being here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you all. We'll see you next week. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs> <laughs>